Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Okay, where do we even start? Do we want to start with the elephant in the room? And that is that on the Friday that you're listening to this a couple days before Adam Masori will have announced, I don't even know what Adam Masori announced. He's getting under my skin lately. Essentially just like a lot of updates, a lot of features being tested. It's nobody I think is happy with Instagram right now, like really anybody. (laughs) And it's a lot. And today's episode wasn't going to be about these updates or anything. So I don't want to go too far into it. But I do just want to acknowledge that (laughs) Instagram, why are you doing this? Like, should we all just collectively let out like a scream or something? Like right now? Ready? One, two, three. I'm just kidding. I won't scream in your ear. But it's just so much. And it's making the job of being a social media manager incredibly frustrating. It's making me personally very anxious all of the time. Like yesterday, I had to explain to one of my clients how to... So like I manage their business account and then they don't really post like on their personal account very often. But I made them a reel that they wanted to post on their personal account. And I went and looked at the timestamps and... From the start of our texting conversation to the end of our texting conversation, it took me like 27 minutes to explain to them how to even upload this reel to Instagram. And that's incredibly frustrating. Like, it shouldn't take somebody almost a half hour to learn how to post something on the platform. And I get that it's more in-depth. It's more, I don't know, it has more steps than just like uploading a photo but we shouldn't be discouraged from uploading just photos. Like it's, again, it's just incredibly frustrating. And I try to not have like a negative mindset about anything. Like I'm not looking at this like, oh my God, this fucking blows. Like I, I'm just looking at it as another obstacle that I don't really have time for. (laughs) I know a lot of people don't really have time for this. I know I'm trying my best to adapt to it. I'm trying my best to adapt my clients to it, but Instagram is just making it really hard to even justify certain things to my clients, like why we're doing certain things, you know, like it's, I, we really haven't been posting like carousels or just like static pictures. And when that's the type of content that they reliably can produce, it's hard for me. Like I would never tell somebody like, no, we can't post that. But it's, it's hard as somebody who understands, at least for the most part, what's happening on Instagram right now and knowing deep down that when I post that static photo, it's probably not going to perform the best. And that's hard 
as a social media manager to not only explain to your clients, but it's just a weird situation to be in, especially because we, you know, are the experts of this. And when we are constantly thrown curveballs from Instagram specifically, and I just want to throw it out there that these changes with Instagram aren't like life or death. Like it's not like my job as a social media manager is being ruined because of Instagram. And I don't want you to feel like that either. And I also, if you're a small business, like aspects looking at this, I don't want you to feel like defeated posting on Instagram either. Because we are still, you know, social media managers are still the experts in this industry. And it is our job to stay updated with all of this. So as much as it, it's like watching the news, like as much as it gives me anxiety to learn more about these things, like we have to do it because that's kind of the role that we signed up for. But oh, I just wish Adam Masori, Daddy Adam Instagram would stop. I just wish he would stop for a second. But like I said, not here to harp on the negatives. I really, really, really try not to be super negative about any of these changes. And I, I'm sorry if the last couple minutes come off as that. But I do think our feelings are valid and we're valid in feeling frustrated and we're valid in being annoyed and we're valid in feeling like is Instagram even the best place anymore? You know, I've been saying for months that I'm making this change to the social media survival guide that is going to make it more of an experience. And part of the reason that I'm pushed to, not pushed, like I, this is something that I want to do like wholeheartedly, but like a big influencer in making that decision was the fact that I just don't love the way that Instagram works anymore. And because Instagram is the most community-based platform right now. Like, I don't see another social media platform popping up out of nowhere and being able to take over what Instagram provides. At the end of the day, TikTok is amazing for reach. Like, I love TikTok. I will never not TikTok. But the DMs on there are messy. The actual user interface is messy. Like, it's essentially TikTok is all of the parts that we hate about what Instagram is changing to, you know? I get overstimulated very easily and like sometimes I just don't want to scroll on TikTok because I don't want an audio or a video playing every five seconds. Like sometimes I scroll on Instagram with the sound off because I like to read and soak in information that way. Like yes, short form video is amazing, changed my life, changed my business, but at the end of the day, sometimes we want something a little bit more quieter, something that's a little bit more soothing to scroll through. But sorry, ping pong brain, I, TikTok will never take over Instagram. The group messages, the private conversations, the stories, the story replies, like it's never going to be the same on Instagram as it is on TikTok. And it's never going to be the same on TikTok as it is on Instagram, which is why I don't feel like if there were to be a platform that was going to overpower Instagram in the near future, I personally don't think it's going to be TikTok. I think they're complementary, not substitutions for each other. YouTube, like YouTube, I love YouTube, but it's just not where we go to keep up with people. We go there to actively learn something. This is kind of something we talked about in the last episode. And Facebook, I don't even know what to say with Facebook. I use Facebook once in a while. Like I get on a scroll to just like catch up with friends and family. Like pretty much I'm only friends with people on Facebook that I knew prior to 2016. Like, I don't use Facebook, but sometimes I like to get on there just to, like, see what everybody's up to. And even now, when you open the Facebook app, reels are at the top. Like, it's the first thing that you see, and you used to see your friends' stories at the top, which, like, I never really clicked through anyway because, like I said, I'm friends with a lot of people on there from a long time ago that I really don't even keep up with anymore other than like the random posts I'll see from them on Facebook. So like I wasn't necessarily clicking through these stories, but it's, I just don't like that that was taken away, you know? So I don't know. I guess just where I'm going with that is right now, I don't think there's a social media platform that exists that will wholeheartedly be able to replace Instagram. I think we're con going to continue to rely on Instagram for a very long time, even if we're not 100% happy on the platform. But yeah, so that's kind of where my brain's at with that. Like I said, I don't really want to dive too far into what these actual updates are because Adam Story posted on his story yesterday saying that like they're all tests, nothing's permanent, like just bear with us, give us a couple weeks. So I don't want to use too much of the time today talking about it. And then also I'm filming or I'm recording with 
Jenna. You might know her from TikTok. Jenna, S-P-A-I-G-E. You might follow her on TikTok or Instagram, but she and I are recording an episode on Friday. And because she's in Canada, she has access to a lot of features that we don't have in the United States. Like I haven't been able to use the notes feature. I know a lot of like none of my clients have the notes feature on their account, but because she's in Canada, she does have access to it. So I'm going to save a lot of like the update talk for the episode I'm going to do with her this week that will come out next week. And yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what today's episode is actually about. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I took Kris Jenner's masterclass last weekend and I originally had put up like a close friend story that I was giving feedback on and kind of like recapping as I was watching it and I hit the max, like I hit the limit on what your story can hold. So it deleted the first, probably first five to 10 minutes, which the story was a condensed version anyway. I honestly, until I started recording that morning, didn't realize that I had so much that I wanted to say, which brings us to where we are today. So today I'm going to be recapping the entire Kris Jenner masterclass. I have so much to say. I did not hate it at all. It was actually a very enjoyable time. Overall, the whole experience, I gave an 8 out of 10. However, I did give a little bit lower of a rating to a couple other parts of the masterclass as a whole. Like the actual information that was being relayed in this masterclass, in my opinion, was very outdated. It's not what works currently in the world of social media. So I did give that a little bit lower of a rating. I would say probably a four out of 10 for new information being received. But for entertainment purposes, like if you enjoy watching the Kardashians, if you like Kris Jenner, if you like Chloe, like Chloe's in it for an entire chapter. If you watch the show, there was a part where the Hulu went and filmed like while Kris Jenner was recording this masterclass. So Chloe's in it. So I am somebody who diehard Kardashian fan, have watched every Thursday since it came on in like 2006, I think it was. Like, I love the Kardashians. Also, I want to disclaim this, not in a way where I'm like, I want to be the Kardashians, but I have a really weird like obsession with reality shows in the way that I'm obsessed with watching them for lifestyles that I know I will probably never live. And I say probably, like, do I want to live like the Kardashians one day? Yeah, it'd be sick. Is it realistic? Probably not. But like 19 kids and counting, like the family, the Duggars that have 19 kids and like all the drama with them that's been happening. Like I'm obsessed with following that because I will never live that life. I will never have 19 children. I will never be the like Mormon or whatever religion they are like I know that I will never do that so I'm fascinated with watching these people live their lives or like Teen Mom, Teen Mom 2 like I love watching those shows because I've never been a teen mom and I won't ever be a teen mom so I like watching them for that so I want to just say I'm not like I love the Kardashians like I'm obsessed with them because I want to be them like no I have a very big fascination with reality shows and the way that they're filmed and from a lot of different aspects so just prefacing with that I'm not like a creepy stalker fan who wants to be a Kardashian I mostly love examining the Kardashians so for entertainment purposes like if the Kardashians are somebody that you or like Kris Jenner if that's somebody that you enjoy watching speak if you like hearing them tell their story like I gave it a 10 out of 10 for entertainment because it was about two hours long and at the end of the two hours, I wasn't like, oh my god, this was the worst like thing I ever did in my life. This was a complete waste of time. Like, That's not at all what I felt throughout it. The best way that I can summarize it is it costs $180 to take this masterclass. You technically get a year-long subscription to masterclass as a whole and you can watch like a bunch of different ones. Like Christina Aguilera has one about singing. The Duffer Brothers have one about building a world from Stranger Things. Shout out to, I believe it was Chelsea who told me about that. But anyway, it's $180 to be able to watch this content. And if I was in a position that $180 was the only money that I had to invest into my business, this is not even remotely close to where I would suggest somebody spend that money. If you have $180 to use of disposable income and you also enjoy the Kardashians, then yes, it is 100% worth every single penny. 
But before I get too far into this, let me put in all of this fun stuff. So if we haven't met, my name is Lex. I am your host here on the Social Media Survival Guide. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Page Media Co. And it's P-A-I-G-E. And everything the Social Media Survival Guide can be found on my website, which is pagemediaco.com. I officially, officially, officially am making the switch so, so soon. I know you're sick of hearing me say this. I promise I won't bring it up again until it happens, but this past weekend I got so much done with it. So expect a little bit different of an experience very soon. But anyway, before we actually get into it, let me play this ad quick and then we will talk all about Kris Jenner and her personal branding masterclass. Okay, let's talk about Kris Jenner's personal branding masterclass. So like I said in the intro, I didn't hate it. I actually found it very cute. I do, however, have a lot of things to say. Overall, it felt more like a pep talk and encouraging people to become influencers rather than what it really means to build a personal brand. And there was 11 chapters in this masterclass and I'm gonna go through 10 of them and just kind of give like my main points on them. The reason I'm not doing all 11 is because one of them was just essentially a recap of the entire thing. So I didn't really feel the need to recap. If this is your first exposure to like what it means to be an influencer or lingo, like a call to action or really just having a presence on social media, I do think Chris Jenner gave an amazing explanation. It was a really good starter kit almost for what a lot of these things mean, what it means to have that presence on social media. But it's just kind of like I said, I feel like a lot of the tactics were very outdated, but we'll talk more about that in the actual chapter. I do think at the end of the day that Kris Jenner is an extremely hardworking woman and I believe that they deserve everything that the Kardashians have. They deserve everything because it is incredibly difficult. And I think even just, I mean, I can't compare it to really anything other than being a content creator. And I know how hard it is to show up on Instagram and TikTok consistently. I can only imagine what it's like being on a hundred different platforms and having these millions of people that are watching your every move. Like it's it's incredibly difficult. And I mean, Chloe's situation right now with Tristan, that's hard to have your personal life blasted all over for the entire world essentially to know about. So I do think that when it comes down to like the money or the luxuries, like I do think they deserve a significant portion of that. Sometimes it might be a little much like Kylie's, I don't know, seven minute jet ride or whatever it was. Like that's, that's a little much, but that's not what we're here to talk about. And just before the first chapter, again, this is something that I'll talk about a little bit later in a different chapter, but I want to say it now. And it's that to me, like in my opinion, the Kardashians on Instagram were really one of the first. I don't think they were the actual first. Like I don't think that they invented influencing or anything, which Chris says she thinks Kim Kardashian was the first official influencer. And I just don't agree with that. But they really were some of the first celebrities who we could truly build this like parasocial relationship with because their show really started at the peak of Instagram really becoming a thing and Snapchat was really big in the beginning and it gave us, you know, normal people a look inside to what a celebrity does with their everyday life, which before that point we had truly never seen except for in like short overproduced bursts, meaning like when the Kardashians were on E, they would do like E True Hollywood Story and it would tell a little bit more about them. Or the Vogue 20 questions videos where it's like the one long continuous shot just asking the celebrity 20 questions or whatever. Obviously that's a little bit newer. I don't think Vogue started doing that until like 2019 maybe, but it that's what I mean by like overproduced. Like it was never just Kim Kardashian picking up her phone and like taking a selfie and posting it on her story. You know what I mean? Like prior to Instagram, we had no sort of connection or relationship like that with celebrities. So I do think that the Kardashians really were kind of riding the wave up of Instagram where the rest of us were really just figuring out how to even use it and how to consume on it. So I do think that they had a huge advantage there. Okay, let's get into chapter one, which was titled Meet Your Instructor. So this chapter was a little slow. It was really short. It was essentially just Kris Jenner explaining who the Kardashians are, their brand, the different businesses that they have, 
She also gave her definition of what a personal brand is, which is how one presents themselves to the world. It is how someone perceives who you are, what you stand for, and what your story is. And it's also the way that you market yourself, which, yeah, pretty good definition of what a personal brand is. Her philosophy when it comes to her personal brand is to be your authentic self and to do something that you love to do. That was essentially the entire first chapter was just... Chris Jenner, like, telling who they are, how they got on the show, blah, 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 which, if you're listening to this, I can only imagine that it piques your interest to know anything about the Kardashians. I can't imagine that somebody would be listening to this and being like, I hate the Kardashians and I have no interest in knowing what Chris Jenner said in her masterclass. So a lot of what came from this chapter was just things that we already knew about. So moving on to the next chapter, which was titled Creating Your Personal Brand Story. This is where she kind of starts to go into the first couple steps of really producing this personal brand. So she says you need to figure out who you are, what your core values are, and what legacy you want to leave behind, and that it's really a journey of self-discovery, which again, love all of that, don't disagree with any of it. She said that it was very easy for her to establish Kris Jenner as a brand because Kris Jenner as a brand is pretty much the same thing as Kris Jenner the person. And she said because they were on a show where there was really no scripts, like they were truly just themselves, it was really easy for her to build that personal brand really just based on who she is, which I don't disagree with. Like I do think a personal brand needs to be as personal as you on FaceTime with a friend. You know what I mean? Like you can tell when things are very scripted, you can tell when they're very overproduced and Kris Jenner's brand doesn't come off that way. Like, yes, she comes off as, like, polished and put together, but, like, it does... I've never heard Kris Jenner say something and me be like, that didn't sound like anything Kris Jenner would say. You know what I mean? And I didn't feel like that throughout this entire thing. Like, this whole... This whole masterclass really seemed very not scripted. Like, she was kind of jumbling her words in the beginning. Like, she didn't sound as confident with what she was saying, and I'm sure it was because... It was probably set up in a way where they were just asking her questions and she was answering, which can be like kind of, you know, nerve wracking because you don't really know what to expect. And again, because she's not really working off of that script, it's kind of like you're on the spot. So I understand being a little bit nervous, but as it goes on, she definitely gets a little bit more confident with what she's saying. There were a couple parts from this chapter that I didn't necessarily love, like little nuggets of Chris Jenner's wisdom. This is verbatim. She said, You have to, like, make yourself a vision board and do your homework. You have to research the brand industry that you want to be in, which the vision board thing, like, yeah, it's important. And I I participate in the act of making vision boards, but I don't think that just making a vision board is what built my business or what built my brand. And again, keep in mind, we're still in the first chapter. So I was being a little bit critical because I was kind of expecting something a little bit different. So I do get a little bit nicer throughout this, but not a horrible intro. Just I, you have to approach this in the way that the Kardashians did all of this with an already cult-like following. Like they already had millions of people tuning in every week to watch their show, to know their every move. So it's like just a little bit different if somebody with no following or experience whatsoever were to try to take this same approach. So that's really kind of what bothered me about the whole thing is her advice and the tactics, again, not only were they kind of outdated, but they don't apply to just like the general population. Okay, moving on to the next chapter, which is titled A Brand is Born. So this chapter was a lot of her just sharing her milestones, like sharing her childhood, sharing how she grew up to show you that your personal background and like where you came from can really form your personal brand, which I do fully agree with because your personal brand should be a direct representation of you and who you are and what you stand for, just like she said in the last chapter. So I do think that everything that happened prior to building this brand really is going to shape that and it is important. So she shared a lot of stories from her early years and she related being a perfectionist to her mom making her clean the sink after she brushed her teeth every day, which she's like, I had to scrub it until it shined like the top of the Chrysler building. Just funny, first of all, but it's kind of true. Like I kind of laughed at this at first and was like, oh, this is kind of cheesy, but 
it's true from a very early age i feel we are kind of shaped into like carrying these different habits and traits with us through life so i fully understood where she was coming from with like my perfectionism started very early and i do see that as part of christiana's brand like i like that she used that exact example because when i think about christiana i think about things being done perfectly not a thing out of place like I can only imagine that her home is very clean and tidy and probably smells really good all of the time. <laughs> like, that's what I think of when I think of Kris Jenner's brand. So, love that. I did love this quote. She said, no matter how small the task, do it to the best of your abilities. But then she lost me because the next part said, if you can't do it well, then just figure it out. Like, I just don't love the figure it out part. But she also said to be your best self every day, whatever that means to you, because Everybody every day is confronted with different challenges, but you have to get up and have the best attitude that you can. And again, it's just very motivational and like very pep talky rather than actionable steps. Like if you came to me with a problem and my response was, I don't know, just figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't feel right giving that piece of advice. However, I do feel like I was overanalyzing this section a little bit. So she really ends this chapter by saying, in order to start the process of building your personal brand, you have to brainstorm your strongest skills and then how they can translate into your personal brand, which I do love that. Like if you really sit down and think about like, okay, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What can I build a brand out of? Like that's a good place to start in my opinion. It's not the full process, but it's definitely a place to start. Like if you can sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and write down five things that you really love doing and that you enjoy doing, that's a really good place to start. But again, I was being a little over analytical in these first couple chapters just because it, was, it wasn't like actionable steps. Like I went into this expecting it to be like, okay, chapter one, sit down. These are the five actionable steps you're gonna take. Okay, next chapter, now we're gonna do this. Like, and it just wasn't like that. Like it was just more informational and more, again, like a motivational speech, which I started to kind of change my mind in one of the later chapters, but okay, we're gonna move on to the next one, which is titled, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, How It Started. So before I went into this, I did say that I felt like there wasn't going to be a ton that she was going to say that I didn't already know about. And at first, I meant it in the way that, like, I am very caught up with the Kardashians. Like, I do follow them. I do know kind of everything that's happened on and off of the show, at least that's, like, available to public knowledge. Like, I don't mean to make it sound like I know everything about the Kardashians because I don't. But, like, this entire chapter was essentially them just recapping how they got on the show which you might know the story but anyway chris was introduced to ryan seacrest and together they became the producers of this show but i do love how they talk about the show in the way that it was made so the show starts right like they have their first season and chris said that they actually had a family meeting to sit down and agree to be authentically themselves which i love that because there are a lot of reality shows like Laguna Beach completely scripted like they would make up false narratives just like get drama going like really I don't feel like that's what's happening with the Kardashians one because they make enough drama themselves that they don't need like fake storylines to be made up but what I mean by that is because Kris Jenner was part producer they did have editing rights and they did get to screen every episode before it aired so like they could sit down and be like okay change this take this part out edit this out this makes us look bad and chris said that they chose not to change anything from you know what e was bringing them to screen like they really didn't make that many edits like they could have taken out you know chloe's dui that happened on camera they could have taken out kim's leaked sex tape when the millionth time that that happens like they left it all in because it's authentically them and honestly that's why people love them like that's why i love them like i love watching <laughs> i love watching people's authentic lives and that was really you know why i loved them it was also just a crazy family dynamic but anyway i i'm kind of torn here because this entire chapter was essentially just her recapping how the show came to be and that they had their editing options and the next section of this chapter was titled becoming a brand sensation which i don't really love when anybody titles themselves as a sensation it's just kind of weird which is why i'm like 
torn in this chapter between how confidently she says all of this and how like I don't know it just wasn't delivered in a way where she kind of sounded like thankful like she kind of made it sound like oh we deserve this like because we were putting everything out so raw and authentically which that's why it worked yes I don't know I just didn't love the tone of voice that she was delivering some of this in something I did love though was that she said you know between every cast member on keeping up with the Kardashians Chris Caitlyn Jenner when she was Bruce Kylie and Chloe and Kendall and Kim and Courtney and Rob like there were so many different demographics that were attracted to this show for different reasons and she says this like it was very easy for somebody to fall in love with at least one person on the show which is so true like there were people who were watching for Chris because she was like this fun mom and fun manager and had all of these grandkids and blah 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 and they related to her on that level of like being a mom and a grandma there were people who I mean I was closer in age to Kendall and Kylie when they started the show I think they were 10 and 11 maybe and I think I was maybe like 12 or 13 when the show started and that was a big reason why I watched it. Like, I really wasn't interested in what Chloe, Kim, and Courtney were doing. I was interested in Kendall and Kylie because they were closer to my age. My mom was interested in it because she wanted to watch, you know, Chris. My older sister was interested in it because she wanted to watch Kim and Chloe and Courtney. I was interested in it for Kendall and Kylie. Like, it really was something that applied to a very, very large, diverse audience. And it was really easy to become engaged and invested in that, which... Bravo to them because that's what you want in that personal brand because at this point the Kardashians were not just a show but the Kardashians were becoming a brand themselves like apart from the other businesses they were starting or anything but really just the Kardashians themselves had a very memorable experience when you're watching the show they had a very memorable brand that you kept with you so kind of going back to what I said in the intro a little bit that it was around this time that really Instagram started to become a thing and it's really funny if you look at it from this perspective of like Teen Mom, if you're not familiar with that, it was on MTV. It was essentially a docu-series that started as 16 and pregnant and it was a bunch of different girls who were like 15, 16, 17 and they were pregnant and then a couple of them got chosen to continue on with a show called Teen Mom. It's actually still on today, but it's in the verge of being canceled. Well, they combined, if you don't know, <laughs> they combined Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom 2 into one show called Teen Mom Legacy, I believe is what they decided the final name is going to be. But it's like phasing out, but it's, take that for example, like these girls were on MTV, like regardless of what their situation was, even if they weren't aspirational in the way that the Kardashians were, they approached social media very differently. Like I say this all the time and by say this all the time, I mean I think it all the time because nobody really wants to like talk about Teen Mom with me. But the Teen Mom girls, they weren't doing paid promotions. They were doing clickbait, like where it would be, oh my God, I can't believe this person's kid died. You know what I mean? Like something very dramatic that was like not true, but they would get paid for how many people would click on the link and compare that to Kardashians who were doing brand deals and partnerships and sponsorships. Like they were making money on social media in very different ways. And it's because social media was so new. Like none of us really knew how to approach it. So I like kind of looking at it like that, where this show was also on at the same time, but because they took, you know, a little bit different of a, an approach to how they used social media. Like I personally think that all of the teen moms could have been much, 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 much more successful had they known how to properly utilize social media. And I literally think this all the time. I don't want to say I say this all the time because I think this is the first time <laughs> I've ever actually said it out loud, but I think it a lot. So yeah, this section really was just about, you know, how the show came to be and how they kind of transferred that over to becoming this like relationship that people could build with them. Okay, so the next chapter or next section, I can't remember what I've been calling them, lessons technically, was titled Consider Your Target Audience. So this is obviously very important when you're building a brand of any kind and there wasn't very much in this section that I didn't love other than a couple things. So we'll start with the good. 
So Chris Jenner says you need to figure out why you're creating and who you're creating for and that you should be giving it a lot of thought before you ever even approach like posting on social media about your brand, which totally understand and completely agree with. And she said, if you want to be known as informational, you have to have the best information in the world. If you want to be an experience, you have to make people feel the best that they've ever felt. Like you really need to think about what your brand delivers. And in order to start doing that, you need to do your market research. Now, I think there's so much more into it that goes into defining your target audience than what I'm about to dive into because this is kind of where she lost me in this chapter. Okay, so she says in order to do your market research, go on to social media accounts that are like yours. So if you want to build a skincare brand, go to an already established skincare brand's Instagram and look at their audience. Look at who's hanging around and liking their posts. Look at the hashtags that they're using and then piggyback off of that. Like she literally said to just follow those people, interact with them, get your brand in front of them, which again, I just feel like this is a little bit of an outdated marketing tactic. It kind of reminds me of the $1.80 rule from Gary Vee where it's like, 10 comments a day on 10 different accounts or whatever it was. And that's not necessarily actually building the relationship. That's just, again, stalking people who liked something on Instagram that's similar to yours. And I just don't love that. Like, I don't feel like people should be approached that way. But anyway, I won't go on too long about that. She did give a little spiel about hashtags and how they make custom hashtags for like launches or collabs, which love that i think that's great she said don't post and ghost so like don't post and then not show up for another week or so like you have to be very consistent and we'll talk more about the actual like posting on social media because there's pretty much an entire chapter on it throughout this entire chapter she keeps referring to audiences as followers and if you know me this is just like a personal preference i don't like calling people followers i think that makes it sound very culty I think it makes it sound like a one-way relationship. I prefer to use terms like audience where it's like when I think of my followers, I think of people who are just like following me on Instagram and then my brain pattern like kind of stops there. When I think of an audience, I think situational. Like I think of somebody up on a stage or like center, like front and center, speaking, delivering information, delivering something valuable, and then an audience that processes that information and takes it away with them. So there's just a big reason that I prefer to call it an audience rather than followers. So again, didn't love that she called it that. So she said in order to start working with brands, just become a brand influencer. Like that's literally what she said. She said becoming an influencer will increase your target audience and establish your brand, which like, yeah. But then it's it's not as simple as it is for somebody with no audience who's never posted a sponsored post before. It's a lot different for somebody doing it from scratch than it was for Kris Jenner and the rest of the Kardashians starting Instagram when they already had, again, that cult-like following. So I just feel like a lot of the steps she was giving, again, just aren't applicable to the general population they're really only applicable to people who are coming into this with an already established audience and then she said that kim was the first influencer like she said kim kardashian was the first influencer on social media i again just don't agree with that like i don't agree that she was the first i think they kind of did things a little bit different but I I just don't it's hard to say where the first influencer was like Coco Chanel as far back as 1920 was technically a social influencer like it's just hard it's so like cocky and self-centered to me to say Kim Kardashian was the first influencer okay then she talks about what kind of content performs the best with her target audience and that you need to learn how to read your analytics so Trigger warning for this section, if you want to skip ahead a little bit to the next chapter, I'm going to talk a little bit about CSAM, 
which is the new acronym for CP. So it is no longer titled child pornography. It is now titled child sexual assault material because child pornography kind of indicates that pornography is an industry that people do willingly 90% of the time. And that entire, you know, situation is not something that we want to incorporate a child with, you know, like we don't want to even call it that because that's not what it is. This isn't a child willingly entering the pornographic industry. This is child sexual assault material. So trigger warning about talking about that. So Kris Jenner says that she gets the most likes when I post about my grandkids. And not only do I feel like that's a little exploitive, like I feel like she's straight up saying like, yeah, when I want a boost in engagement, I post my grandkids. If you're familiar with what's happening on TikTok right now with, like, Ren Eleanor or Maya Knight, like, essentially there's been a database created, like, dark web, backlinks, like, just not in the good part of the internet, kind of taking, like, all of these videos and pictures that influencers are sharing of their kids and they're being photoshopped into different situations that, like, I literally don't even want to talk too much about it because I will start crying, like, and there's places where people can purchase these videos, they can purchase these vid- like pictures of these influencers' kids photoshopped into like an actual pornographic video. Like it's so fucking horrible and so disgusting. I literally can't think about it. But it's I just feel like this didn't age very well. And this is kind of the perspective that I'm looking about it is I just don't love I don't love that she openly says, like, when I need a boosted engagement, I post my grandkids. Because again, just didn't really age well. Okay, let's move on from that. She ends this chapter with some actionable steps that you can take, which was kind of one of my biggest concerns from the beginning was that it was just very, do this, do this, do this, because this will happen. Like it was very informational rather than actionable, but some actionable steps that she leaves with are to pick two to three hashtags and pick two to three accounts that all align with your brand and then pay attention to what they do, notice what does well and learn by watching. And I know that this isn't necessarily what she means by it, but please remember that you should always be doing this for inspirational purposes, not recreation purposes. So like if you follow a social media manager and you see that this specific type of video that they're doing performs really well, don't just recreate it. Like don't use the same sound and the same text on the screen. Like you can take that information and apply it to your own brand and your own content. Okay, now we are diving into the next chapter, which is titled Social Media Owning It. So she starts this chapter by saying social media marketing can make or break you. You have to establish your presence and that she's incredibly thankful for her at the time 44 million followers. Again, don't love that, but I understand. Okay, and then she says there are seven ways to increase your visibility online. Number one is to make videos. Number two is to study your analytics. Number three is going live. Number four is to post carousels. Number five is to do trends. Number six is to focus on shareability. And number seven is to try new things. All of things that I agree with. Do I think they're the only things that go into your success? No, I think you need to have more than a purpose of just posting to post, but obviously you can only touch on so much. Like these sections were maybe 15 minutes long each. So I understand like there's only so much that you can fit in there. It is kind of impossible to give specific examples of things like social media content when it comes to a personal brand because you want it to be very personal to you. So I understand why this was you know, a very condensed and very much a blanket statement. But she does say that in order to be successful, you need to post three times a day on your Instagram and your stories and that TikTok is a free for all. Like I said, very outdated tactic to be posting three times a day. First of all, who has time for that? Second of all, not everybody has like stylists and photographers and videographers and people following their every move to have videos and pictures to create this content from. So to me, she was saying it's very much quantity over quality, which I don't agree with. She said every platform brings different things to the table and that you need to be on all of them, which I don't disagree with. I don't think you have to be on every single platform, but you do need to be on more than one, especially if you haven't listened to last week's episode. I talked a lot about an omnipresence and why Instagram is very hard to grow on its own, regardless of how many times a day you're posting. You should really be relying on other platforms that are designed for the outreach. And Instagram is really more for like nurturing that relationship, but also 
who even knows what Instagram's for right now with all these updates, right? So she said that running a social media account is a full-time job, which like 2022, we're finally being recognized as full-time employees. Like, it's so nice to hear somebody say like, yeah, running a social media account is a full-time job. And I'm happy to hear Kris Jenner say that. And I also think that's something to keep in mind is that like the Kardashians probably do have like PR people and marketing people that are doing a lot of their social media for them. Like, obviously the videos and pictures are of them. Like, it's not like they're just like making Canva graphics, but like Kim Kardashian probably isn't going into plan only three times a day to post a picture. You know what I mean? Like somebody else is probably doing that for her. And I think it's important to say like a lot of this does require a team for what she's saying to do. She said that she noticed that on TikTok, it used to be a lot of dances, but it's evolved, which like, yeah. She said that you need to be creative and having have amazing fruitful content, which yes, agree with. And then she talks about how to handle the haters. So handle the haters with a great deal of grace. If you're getting a lot of negativity, there's ways to block bad words or things that you don't want talked about. If you don't have thick skin, you won't make it. And that was like verbatim a quote from her which she's not wrong about any of that like I said I'm not like I'm really trying not to just like tear this whole thing down and be like this sucks because it doesn't like I enjoyed this but she does give this example of okay so season one of keeping up with the Kardashians they had a fitness pole like a stripper pole slash fitness pole and in one of the episodes Kylie is swinging on it fully clothed like and she's like 10 maybe at the time like it wasn't anything like provocative. Like it was literally just a 10 year old like playing on a pole like you would find at a playground. So this first season episode airs of Kylie on the fitness pole, which I'm gonna call it that because it's not just a stripper pole. It doesn't need to be connotated as that, but it is fitness, which <laughs> complete side note, if you've never taken a fitness pole class, highly recommend. It was one of the best workouts I ever had. If I still lived close to the studio, I would still go, but it was, so much fun. But anyway, during season one, that episode airs and Chris said that she got an email from a woman who was very nasty, very mad, said she was a horrible mom because she let her daughter on the pole and blah, 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 blah. And Chris said that she just responded in a way where she was like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I think I'm a good mom. It was all in good fun. I'm not encouraging my kids to go be a stripper, like nothing like that, which also if you're a stripper, literally nothing wrong with that. You probably have more core strength than <laughs> I'll ever have in my entire life. But essentially that email exchange ended with the person who originally emailed Chris to shit on her asking for a job, which been there. <laughs> I mean, I've never had anybody reach out and be like, you suck. And then 10 minutes later, ask for a job. But like, there are so many people in my life who five years ago were so mean to me, would not give me the time of day, I wasn't good enough for them, blah, 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 that are now asking me like, hey, how did you start your business? How do I do this? Can you give me advice on social media for my business? You know what I mean? So I understand what she means by like, handle all of the negativity with positivity and there is a really, really good chance that you will turn somebody's negativity into positivity, you know? So that was really her entire chapter on social media. She ends it with like these kind of key points to remember in that it is to stay consistent, explore different platforms and to spread love, not drama and to handle haters with grace. Didn't hate this chapter other than her outdated social media tactics like posting three times a day. Okay, so the next chapter was titled Visual Storytelling and this had a lot to do with pretty much every visual of somebody building a personal brand. So it had a lot to do with how important your visuals are for the brand's experience and to capture attention and to help you stand out. She said you don't have to be like overly provocative, but just to create content that resonates with your audience and sets you apart. She said that Instagram is a personality and that you need to strategize who you want to be, which especially with a personal brand, like yes, you do need to think of it as being its own personality. I think it's really important to hold those values not only to yourself, but also to your brand. And she talks about how important it is to map that all out and to plan it all. And she said that they didn't really have that opportunity because social media came after the show, which is true. So I do think, again, they were kind of figuring it all out at the same time that we were. Like, it's not like they came to social media with a plan like an agenda. Like I think, again, none of us really understood the power that it was going to have in the very near future. She said, if you're just starting out to think it through, figure it out, don't just dive in, and that you only have one chance to make a good first impression. 
So she kind of goes into like your visuals of the content specifically for a personal brand and the visuals that they use. So she says that people love selfies, that people love tutorials, they love video stories, they like try on hauls. So really just talking a lot about the type of content that they use, which is so true. Like if you've seen any of Kim's like makeup tutorials, they're like not that good. And it's really funny. I had this conversation with Jess. I believe it was Jess. I don't know if you're listening, Jess, but we had a conversation about the Kardashians and how inherently the Kardashians really are not good at social media. The content that they post really is not that good. I think they're brands like Kylie skin has really good content skims has really good content good American has really good content like the actual content from their brands is good but as far as their personal brands go like to social media standards their content isn't necessarily the best I think it really just kind of comes back to them having that cult like following you know what I mean but also for your visuals she talks about how a logo is so important and that you need to analyze everything because even a word spelled wrong is a big deal. But the logo thing makes me laugh because she says they're that she says that they're essential and they're an essential branding tool and that your logo is so important. Like when I say she emphasized this a lot, like she emphasized this a lot. I just don't agree. I don't have a logo. I've never had a logo. I know a lot of different brands who don't necessarily have the most memorable logos. And it's funny to me because if I try to think of what the Kardashian logo is, I have no clue. So it's like really how memorable is it, you know? But she kind of wraps up this section with you need to make sure that your message is spoken so that people really like hearing you talk and the best frame to have your videos in is a selfie, like just of you. She said to write a script, choose the right location, have good lighting, use a call to action, speak in your brand tone, and then think about creating your logo. Again, I don't know if I love that. Okay, so the second to last chapter that we are going to talk about in full detail is monetizing your brand. So in full transparency, this is really where she lost me. Like there wasn't any other chapter that I was like, oh my God, I can't stand anything that's in here. Like there was a lot of really good information in a lot of the other chapters. However, this one really, really lost me. But I do want to start. There was one quote that she said in the beginning that... I love and it's that you need to be humble in your business and behave like you can't afford the loaf of bread when in fact you can afford the bakery and I love this if you know me you know that I hate when people talk about their income I hate when people guarantee certain incomes and it's like mm, if I saw somebody bragging about how much money they make that wouldn't be the first person that I wanted to work with so I love that quote she says that it is a lot of hard work but then she also says that it's as simple as just saying like I want to monetize my brand and it just doesn't work that way and she says the only way that it will work is if you develop your social media platform and you have a huge following because the following defines your financial success and that is verbatim absolutely gag me i hate that you do not need a certain amount of followers to be successful at all and i just hate that she says that so again kind of tying into i feel like a lot of these things were very outdated she says to use paid and promotional posts in order to monetize and so I had put this, like I said, on my close friend's story and I had a conversation with somebody saying like, no, this is actually really good advice. Like it is really good for micro influencers to just start posting. Like they're already being sponsored for it. And yes, I agree with that. And I do think that one of the best ways to start building a portfolio and figuring out what you like is to just do it. Like whether you're being paid for it or not. So like if I have, I don't know, I'm drinking Starbucks coffee right now. Like if I just made a piece of content about this cup of Starbucks coffee, like and posted it, you don't have to say it's an ad or anything, but like that could get the attention of Starbucks to be like, hey, we want to make content with you. However, there's so much that goes into that. You have to be good at what you do. You do have to be like a little bit more established. Like if it's the first video that you've ever posted, it just doesn't work like that. So she says that like she got a lot of brand deals by just posting about products that she was already using. And again, micro influencer with a very little reach and very little experience compared to Kris Jenner, who at the time had probably 13, 15 million followers, got this brand deal. It just doesn't, doesn't really work like that. And then she says that collabs with other brands are going to be the best way to monetize and that some of their first few collabs were things like Kardashian cupcakes or silly bands, which she said that now they wouldn't say yes to that because it doesn't resonate with them or their personal brand, which it is kind of funny to like think about the Kardashians wearing silly bands. 
Like, I, I didn't know that they collaborated together. That was something new that I learned in this chapter. But, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to say yes to every opportunity, especially if it doesn't fit with you or your brand. That part I did like. She said to initiate a collab to go after them first. Like, take the time to message the brands. And that I do agree with. Like, I'm a big fan of making that first move because I do think there are a lot of businesses or brands that don't necessarily understand the importance of working with somebody for something like a spawn con or for that promoted post. Like there are a lot of businesses who still don't understand that. And if you can approach them in a professional and cohesive way, being like, this is the content that I could make. These are my rates, blah, blah, blah. That is a really good place to start. It's just not going to be as simple for somebody just starting out as it was the kardashians again okay this part did make me laugh so if you're familiar with the kardashians you know that it's kind of like this running joke that kylie is the favorite <laughs> like chris says it all of the sisters say it or all of the siblings say it like kylie is the favorite and it's funny because in this chapter she said you need to morph your brand your personal brand into a product so like kylie morphed her personal brand of like getting her lips done and like using like certain lipsticks or whatever she morphed that into Kylie Cosmetics <laughs> and Chris says that Kylie Cosmetics was her aha moment that she realized wow we can make money from products <laughs> so the reason I find that so funny is because Kylie Cosmetics became a thing in like 20 I don't know 16 2017 probably and prior to that like Rob had a sock line, Kim had skims, like Courtney had a baby clothing line, baby clothing line. Like they all had different ventures, but it's just funny to me to hear her say like Kylie's was the one that they realized they could actually make money from. She also mentions to cash in on the magic moments, which kind of goes back to my like not really loving that I feel like everything is exploitive and you do have to look at this like in the way that like I don't know, there's so many different ways to look at this and the way that I'm looking at it is she refers to the good morning, like, rise and shine Kylie audio that went viral a couple years ago on TikTok of her singing to Stormy and, like, how it became a viral sensation and it became a meme and there's so many Kardashian memes and, like, Kim's diamond earring audio, like, all of those. And, like, she says to cash in on that, which, yes, but I also just kind of feel like it's a little exploitive sometimes. I don't know. It's such a fine line to walk that I can't really think about it from that aspect. But then she just... <laughs> She explains what a meme is and why the Kardashians have so many and she says it's because they're so memorable and so emotional, which is true, but just hearing Kris Jenner give the definition of a meme was really funny. But she essentially ends this by saying, you know, you have to turn your personal brand into a product and do that for however it feels most natural to you. She suggests brainstorming 10 spin-off ideas and to pick the top three that excite you and then from those top three, create a business plan. Not a horrible, horrible piece of advice, but it's, again, it's not as simple for a micro-influencer to just create a product the way it was for them to invest billions of dollars into Poosh or Skims or Kylie Cosmetics. Like, it's just not that simple, and it's just hard to apply this information to somebody who isn't in the same place. Okay, the next chapter was titled Case Studies, and it was really just a breakdown of everybody's different brands and their personalities so really it was just her explaining what they are so if you aren't familiar with any of them so chloe created good american which is like jeans for all shapes and sizes kim has skims and now kkw perfume and kkw skin so she really like in this chapter she talks about how much kim loved shapewear and she always dreamed about having her own shapewear line which for her is like very relevant like I feel like shapewear coming from Kim Kardashian is a very relevant product to build from her personal brand. Courtney has Poosh which is a I'm not super familiar with it but it's like a vegan like non-harmful no chemical blah 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 and like you get like candles or skincare or like textiles like things like that like pretty much anything that Courtney Kardashian would buy for herself is in these poosh boxes which is essentially just like fab fit fun like a subscription box and Kim or Chris talks about the safely line that she co-founded at the beginning of the pandemic so safely is a like home cleaning solution product their branding and their packaging is so cute it's like very minimalistic I know that they're big on like green and white if you've ever seen them so they're like square bottles the Safely logo is just like one 
like it looks like a teardrop but essentially somebody approached chris because they knew how much she enjoyed cleaning and they approached her to co-found safely and that happened at the beginning of the pandemic which obviously cleaning solution was very high in demand but she said one of the first products that they started with was hand sanitizer so obviously if Kris Jenner really does like I even said before like when I think of Kris Jenner I think of clean I think her house smells good like it makes so much sense for that to be a product that comes from her personal brand and then paired with the fact that it was COVID obviously was like prime time to be putting out a product like that so that was essentially what this entire chapter was was just them all talking about the different businesses that they've started and she said the most important thing is to be true to you and to have and use your voice and platform all very good advice so the last chapter is titled how it's going and it was a good again summary one of the first pieces of advice that she gives is that you need to learn how to handle the attention because you might end up famous which yeah like that could be a goal for sure I don't think it's realistic to tell somebody who's starting a micro-influencing personal brand that they're going to end up famous. You need to learn how to handle the attention. Like, ah, people who go into these things with the intention of being famous is weird to me. Like, I think you should go into it because it's something you enjoy doing, because you love doing, because it's something that you're passionate about. But she said she's learned a lot about becoming famous, and that is that you need to stay grounded don't let your ego get away from you. Like I said, if you watch the show on Hulu, this is the part that Chloe came in and started talking and she said that like, you know, everything that they've been handed is such a blessing and that you really can just blow up overnight. And like I said, this whole part was on the show and I believe it was one of the last few episodes that's on Hulu. So I don't want to spend too much time recapping this whole thing, but essentially Chloe just reiterates every message that Chris gave throughout the entire thing. But some things that really stuck out to me was that you, Chloe says, again, essentially the same thing as Chris, how clickbait will tarnish your brand, which goes back to what I said about like the teen moms not really knowing how to approach social media. And this was the biggest thing that came from Chloe that I loved and it's that you can have success in silence. I love that. I'm a big fan of not just, you know, celebrating in silence, but also being successful in silence. Like I would never, like the first time I hit a 10K month, I didn't make a TikTok to be like, I made a 10K month and here's how you can do it too. Like it would be weird if the Kardashians made a piece of content that was like, we're millionaires and here's how you can be too, which is really kind of the gist of what I got from this entire masterclass. Like I said, I just don't think they're tips or tactics that can be applied to the general public. It, It's, yeah, it's just a lot, right? But she said that we all trip and fall, which <laughs> I don't think aged very well again with all the Tristan stuff that's happening right now. But she said, don't lose sight as to why you started this and that that's something that they as a family come back to a lot because there have been multiple times, like, they ended their show on E! We all thought it was over forever. They were just moving to Hulu. But, like, they've had multiple family meetings. Like, different family members have wanted to not be a part of this. Rob stopped being a part of it, like, forever ago. So, I think it is important to remember why you started. And that was to, for them, at least what I gathered from what she said, to show their family and their family dynamic and how, you know, lovable and engaging each of them are. And that's more important than the money and that's more important than the fame. And it's really just staying true to who you are. So yeah, that was pretty much it. The class came with this like 30 page PDF download that, so like I said, one of my biggest complaints in the beginning was that I felt like it was very informational rather than actionable. And I didn't realize until halfway through this thing when they mentioned it in one of the videos that it came with this add-on PDF like 30 page guide and in that it had a ton of really good information like it did have like actual workbook pages that you could sit down and be like okay what are my pillars of my brand what colors do I want to use like logo sketch like pages like it really did have a lot of really good information in that 30 page PDF and I don't feel like I completely wasted money taking this class is essentially what it comes down to but like I said overall entertainment wise 10 out of 10 worth every penny is the information that's included in this masterclass something that I would consider to be the best business advice I've ever received probably not if you are in a place where you can invest $180 for recreational purposes 
Highly recommend it. Again, worth every penny. If you are in a place that you only have $180 to invest in, building a personal brand is something that you're interested in. I don't think this is the best place to start. I also went into it thinking it was going to be more of like the business side of things rather than like the social media side of things, which was still very interesting to hear about. It just wasn't, you know, necessarily what I was expecting. But yeah, I think that's it. Please ask questions. Give me feedback. Let me know what you think if you watched it. And I hope that this recap doesn't like defer you from wanting to watch it yourself like I do hope you're still interested in seeing it and kind of digesting it for yourself like I said I think I went into it with a little bit different of a mindset like I went into it knowing that I was going into it solely for an entertainment purpose like I didn't go into it thinking I was going to learn some revolutionary new marketing tactic or hacks or anything like I went into it because I enjoy the Kardashians I enjoy Kris Jenner and I wanted to see what she had to say. So yeah, I think that's it for this week. Like I said, if you have any feedback or any questions about this, please DM me on Instagram. You can find me on there at Page Media Co. You can find me on TikTok at Page Media Co. Check out some of my YouTube videos. You can find them by searching Page Media Co. And everything else will be on my website, pagemediaco.com. Like I said, next week will be with my friend Jenna. We are going to be talking all about some of the Instagram updates and just who she is and what she does. She is an amazing social media manager. Her content is like next level like she is so incredibly good at putting her brand voice into her content and just being herself on camera which i think is something that a lot of us can struggle with so very excited to talk to her if you have any questions specifically about that dm them to me so i can make sure we ask them when we record tomorrow and yeah i think that's it okay i will see you next week love you bye hey it's me again your host lex I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the Social Media Survival Guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at Page Media Co. Just make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me. Again, the quickest way to reach me is going to be at Page Media Co. But make sure you follow at the Social Media Survival Guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.